iHeartRadio's getting you in the mood. Yeah, that mood. Binge Sex.Life, Season 2 now. Join sexologist Morgan Penn and Hayley Sproul for a 10-episode journey into the most intimate sides of New Zealand. Morgan's putting her body on the line to find out what's going on inside and outside of the bedroom in Aotearoa. Season 2 of Sex.Life is out now. All thanks to our friends at Wild Secrets. Use the promo code Sex.Life for a 20% discount at wildsecrets.co.nz. Got to be honest, Paul Ford, it's a fairly desolate scene out there, isn't it? <laughs> it's desolate, but it seems to be covered in blood. And unfortunately, most of it's black blood and Kiwi blood. What an absolutely diabolical... I was expecting that we were sitting here... Sorry, I've jumped to an immediate thought. I was expecting to come here and we were going to be talking about fields and uh, the length of bowling and the tactics around the bowling. And instead, that horrendous first session has probably, with that guy in mind, comfortably eclipsed by one of the most catastrophic batting efforts we've seen. It's 42 for 5, absolutely inept and an absolute masterclass in full, magnificent bowling from the Australian bowlers. We are definitely going to get to that, Danny, because uh, it won't take long. But first of all, I want to get a sense um, the crowd size. Absolutely rammed. Crowd mood. Very, very ready to go. An absolute powder keg of excitement. Uh, wind shear factor. Any other? Not too bad. Not too bad at all, but if you're Australian. Yeah, I noticed the Australians were running a ratio of uh, six shirts to five sweaters. So there's still some probably from Perth and Adelaide that are feeling a little bit. But let's just take it right back to the start of play. We came with so much optimism, so much fire in the belly. Australia, nine down. Australia nine down, and you know, we're staring at the band with getting them out for a, a reasonable total. And talk us through what happened. Well, what happened was New Zealand played for the singles and uh, tried to get Cam Green uh, off strike, and it's worked, I would say, as badly as I've ever seen that work before in my life. Yeah, I was, I was a bit disappointed by the lack of imagination from the New Zealanders, and I saw one stat that Trust Hazelwood is a guy whose poles get knocked over quite regularly, as we saw with Shamar Joseph. Three of the six new balls we bombed to Josh Hazelwood would have hit the stumps. That's, that, to me, tells a pretty bleak story. But then, look, we've, we've got to get into it. Um, we finally do dismiss them for uh, too many, at least a hundred too many. And then we go out there and uh, talk us through that New Zealand batting effort, and in particular, the second whistle. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> so, first of all, just the complete lack of technique, I think, from Tom Latham and I guess the Australian pacemen just showing the beauty of an extra 10 Kims uh, steaming in. Tom Latham, a regulation court defence, got mixed, laid it on, uh, I banged my hip forehead on my hand, and then came released and straight out to the crease to huge applause. Everyone's full of expectation. Nudges one down the ground and then just an absolute catastrophic collision. Uh, Martin Slavishane picks the ball up, runs him out. He's, I think, possibly injured as well as out by literally seven metres. It was just an absolute shambles. Very reminiscent of the Alan Chapman um, New Year's Day game at the Mount. Um, it also, of course, brings back terrible memories of Elliot and Sidebottom that terrible collision. But of course, I just want to make the point, Richard Stark in this case, absolutely, completely, utterly innocent. In fact, looked quite confused about what he'd been a part of. And to be fair to him, he was the last man to join 
the Australian celebration because he was checking that he hadn't done something Australian in causing that collision. Of course, he completely exonerated, done nothing wrong at all. It was Marnus Labuschagne, Will Young and Kay Williamson uh, working together to get rid of Williamson. Disappointing, heartbreaking and, of course, followed up by something even more apocalyptic. But what did you think of that run-out? Were you excited about it? I was... I think you did right. It was a good summation, actually. What I cannot understand is why Williamson was so desperate. Why, why he was so desperate to get off strike? Because he is, you know, he is New Zealand's key player. But I guess it just shows you that everybody has a little bit of anxiety getting off the mark. Uh, there was some bad luck involved in that. Mitchell Stark is a left arm over the wicket bowler. Kane Williamson pushed it down the offside, so Stark had to change line to try and get it. So that put him in the line of Will Young. So Will Young looks at Stark and he makes the fateful decision to run inside Stark's lane, not outside Stark's lane. Now, for reasons known only to Kane Williamson, he followed his shot up the offside of the wicket, not the leg side of the wicket as you traditionally run up when you're at that side of the crease. So it actually had a pinball effect, and you're right. Um, it did look like Kane Williamson was almost hanging around, wondering if the whole Stark thing might get him off the hook, but I only took one look at the replay screen to realise that, no. I think it was 80% Williamson's fault, 10% Young's fault, 5% bad luck, and I'll give Manus Labashane 5% credit for a pick-up and throw-down of the stumps, but... Yeah, and and worse was to follow. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, yeah. Young about kind of be part of the damage and what he'd done to Kane Williamson and all of that kind of stuff. Nothing particularly mean, but definitely just putting that, you know, in his head. And alongside the fact that, of course, Will Young, despite him playing whatever it is, 13, 14, 15 test matches, not a fixture in this team. And uh, then he goes out and is, a, is involved, if you like, in a catastrophic run out, certainly involved implicated, not maybe not completely responsible, um, and then yeah, the, kind of the weight of the nation and then you think, oh, could it be this could be the day that, no, it's not going to be the day for Will Young either No, he got out to a strangle down the side which was desperately unlucky and look, all throughout that inning, so I actually thought Will Young was toughing it out he's, he's not an opener, he's thrust into that role uh, having just played a really nice hand as a middle-order batter against South Africa, the circumstances where he goes back up the order, skipper's run out on his watch, uh, Darryl Mitchell then hits a lovely four and then nicks out, and then uh, next very next ball he gets a strangle down the side. And there's one other thing I want to point out, actually. It, it just feels like at every step of this test match, New Zealand, Gary Stearns and South have taken the boring option. Win the toss, insert. It's justifiable, certainly justifiable. Picking four right arm seamers. Very conservative. Hard, very hard mm. to, to um, justify that. And then, as soon as you get one round of it with a tail ender, forget about trying to get the batter out, just trying to get him off strike to get the tail ender, and then bowling the short attack. Everything about that felt a little bit conservative. And then, when they came to batting, trying to bore these guys out, you're not going to bore up. Pat Cummings and Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark out who can bowl all day in 35 degree heat on the Adelaide Oval you're not going to block them out of a game here well, what, you know that they hardly ever get to bat right so they're like 
I'm better than you think. I should be up the order. This is my day. I've got four and a half days to bat. Three and a half, perhaps. But, you know, just an absolute diabolical. I, I found it incredibly frustrating this morning. I mean, I, I actually left the cricket at one point, Dylan, to go to a meeting about budgets. And I was looking, I was not looking forward to that meeting ahead of today. I thought it was a real pain in the ass that I had to go to that. And then I, I, I left the gates with a big smile on my face thinking it can't be worse than what I've just watched here. You know, when you're... Um, having deja vu about Dizzy Gillespie and McGrath. That Gillespie, of course, riding his pony in that terrible test match in Brisbane. I was there. Neither, the neither of them had never had scored 50s before. And, you know, they reminisce about this and say, oh, it was hilarious. We were just laughing about it for hours. Yeah. I mean, God, I just, I just cannot, I just cannot deal with it. But, uh, fair play to, um, Cameron Green. Um, absolutely sensational. And I did enjoy. Um, Matt Henry going up to Tim Southey when he took that last wicket and whispering in his ear, thank F. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Yeah, I didn't quite enjoy as much when Tim Southey was fielding under the helmet at one point and Scott Kugelein bowled a bouncer that went so high over the keeper, it was just embarrassing, which is pretty much the theme of the day is embarrassment. And we're going to leave you there and take you back to the team that have got the evening session coming for you. I'm going to the pub. Thanks for listening.